0: Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain! And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f It's Al Mancini!
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Top of the Food Chain. And as they said, I am Al Mancini, the guy who has figured out how to turn eating, drinking, getting fat and buzzed into a career. So it ain't a bad way to make a living if you can do it. And we're here, of course, at the Vegas Video Network. (laughs) Yes, the home of seven, seven incredible shows, this one, of course, being my favorite, and Scott's favorite, because I often bring him booze during it. <laughs> but, you're not, I'm not the only one, of course. I, I realize that fact, but definitely a reason that he likes me, the reason he keeps me around. <laughs> anyway, a lot of good shows, though. I encourage you guys to check out um, VegasVideoNetwork.com. Check out all their great programming. All of the shows, this one included, are archived there. You can also get them on iTunes. Um, and you can listen to them every Friday night at 1,400 AM that's KSHP, I believe. So we're every Friday night there. So tune in, and um, you don't get to see the food, and you don't get to see the booze, but you can at least hear what we're like when we're eating and drinking them. So that's cool. In the meantime, we love to take emails from people. If you have a question that you want us to ask on a future show, email it to us at food at Vegas dot com, right down there. And we got a live chat going on every week. That is happening right now. So get in the chat room, log in, and um, shoot any questions you've got for my guests, who will be up momentarily. As you can see, we've got a lot of great food here in front of us. We're going to be talking oysters in a little while. Before that, we've got Chef Vic Vegas back from Food Network Star. So um, loved having him here so much last week that he graciously agreed to come back. So that's all up in just a few minutes. First, though, I got to talk to Scott. Scott, what's going on, my brother? You are what's going on. By the way, congratulations on the 20 year anniversary of your marriage. Yeah, we had a um, had a great day the other day. We, um, My wife and I celebrated our 20-year anniversary, renewed our vows, went out to Marche Bacchus, one of my favorite restaurants here in town, had a little lakeside ceremony. They've got a great new chef over there, by the way. And I highly recommend you go check him out, formerly of Alex, Alex Strada's restaurant, which is sadly no longer with us. So that was cool. Then um, I drove some friends back over to Mandalay. Um, hung out at Floor by Hubert Keller, where they plied me after a few hours of wine with a few shots and some <laughs> more great food, and then hit a strip club and did some more shots. And then I think I met you at RERA at some point, Scott. Um, we went in there, and I remember a little bit of the evening from that point on. And then we had a nice little after party at Seville Row. So yeah, it was a, it was great. It was the best tour of RERA I could have asked for. Was
2: you giving it to me?
1: Me giving it, it to was, you with a was, lot of booze in right? It was outstanding. Me, right? It was outstanding. It was a fun night, and of course Seville Row was great too. I know you hung out there a little bit after I left because eventually I just had to go home and get a little bit of rest. For yeah, the it was night. great. You had a good time. But it was cool. Also. I've got a lot of other things going on. I'll plug them more at the end of the show. But I did just launch a new website, almancini.net. And we've got another. Over there, I've got another video series happening. It's a little different than what I do here. I take some of my punk rock friends, some musicians, some porn stars, um, take them into some fine restaurants and teach them about food. So it's kind of like me times guests that are exactly like me invading fine dining restaurants. And we're calling it Dining Invasion. So you could get that at almancini.net. In the meantime, it is time to get kicking with today's show, Top of the Food Chain, where I also interview very, very cool people, I just don't have quite as many celebrities. Today I do, though, we've got Vic Vegas, and he is a celebrity, and he will be up momentarily right after this message.
2: Hi, this is Scott Pritchard from Let's Bet. You're watching the Vegas Video Network at com. You're not using this one, right? <laughs> don't you dare use this one. <laughs>
1: and we're back with a man who needs no introduction, especially if you watch Food Network Star, Vic Vegas, an old friend. Yeah, Vic's back in the studio with us again for the second week and hopefully he's going to be here to fill us in on behind the scenes of Food Network Star as often as possible. Vic, you've got to fill half of America in this week because there was some kind of snafu with anyone who tried to DVR it. I know. And <laughs> I didn't see the end. I missed the last half hour. I got home, put it on, and I didn't get to see the end. A lot of people didn't get to see the end out there in America, so First things first,
0: who got sent packing? I don't know. I didn't get to see the end. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you know, I got to tell you, it was unfortunate. Sometimes mistakes happen, but, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a little sad for me because I had a really good week this week. You know what I mean? And uh, You could tell
1: us you had a good week whether you yeah. did or not because nobody saw right, it. Right, exactly. So I don't know whether I'm trusting you here. Oh, thanks, Al.
0: <laughs> no, I, I got to tell you, uh, this week we lost Justin B., Justin B, that's the Harry Potter-looking dude, right? No, no, no. That's that's Justin oh. D. Justin B is the more sophisticated, tatted-up, uh, oh, okay, boy guy. Very food. knowledgeable in
1: food, you know. Right, and, uh, and lousy on TV. Um,
0: I mean, probably one of the best chefs
1: on the show, honestly. But from what you could see at home, he looked like a really talented, super. Talented very talented chef. individual. Very educational. And like just kind of sucked every time you put him on camera that that is that is what the
0: well they didn't send him home for being the
1: best he's the critic
0: <laughs> he's the critic you know he, he's allowed to say that uh, justin is a fellow competitor of mine and a friend of mine but you know I, I just say they say didn't it. send him home for being the best
1: that's not the way that show operates he had a rough so. week
0: you know the stakes are really high i mean you know cougar town paula dean i mean It doesn't get any more stress stress out than that.
1: Yeah, it was very cool. Um, You guys seemed a little stressful. I want to talk, okay, of course, I always want to talk about the the conflicts on the show. Of course. Because you've got Penny and Marybeth, who, have they come to blows yet? Because I was just waiting for somebody to pick up a frying pan and just smack somebody in the face.
0: You know, it was really close last week, you know. Um, As we were filming, I thought it was going to happen, but... You know, I give the girls this. They did put their head down and they did try to come up with a product because, you know, it's Cougar Town. You know what I mean? And that's one of the most watched shows in this country. And, you know, the girls are really stoked about it. And for the most part, they put their differences to the side. There was a lot of loving, hugging, and kissing going on. A lot of the most
1: (laughs) sickeningly phony hugging and kissing that I have ever seen. That's the thing. If two guys don't like each other and they have to work on a team... They don't hide that they don't like each other. They don't fake it. But these two chicks are just like, oh, I love you. I'm so
0: happy to be working
1: with you. And you know, then you cut to them when they're by themselves saying, I hate her and I want her dead.
0: What a coincidence, too. I'm serious. As everybody was picking, as soon as we saw that, we were like,
1: God, no And then you also had Chris, who's the resident nut job, frat boy, whatever his scene is. My who, man Chris, yeah. Yeah, who also, you know, you kind of want to smack, but for a different reason. And Chris um, got stuck with, or- not stuck, but Chris got placed with Orchid, who is very demure young lady. And I thought the funniest thing, if, you, if you've if you been watching, you know this guy Chris. I mean, he's chasing a raccoon around with a broom <laughs> this week. And I mean, he's just nuts. He seriously reminds me of, frat, of any frat boy that I... Hated in college. Sounds like a, a show, to be extent. honest. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. You yeah, be the
0: guy going around to the frat houses and Fr- frat boy in the know? kitchen. That that should be his
1: concept. Um, but he was with Orchid, and I thought it was funny. She was like such a little mom. She had to give
0: him like a little time-out word. Right. They had like right. a little safe word. You know, it was a perfect was, combination. You yeah. know, it was the total opposites attract type deal. And she did. She kept him in line. Yeah, it was that like she. Taught, treated him like he was a preschool. Code blue. Code, <laughs> code blue. Kept blue. him in line. Did you see it? She hit him with a code blue, and he just stopped. Yeah. Now that's that's some serious business right there. The orkinator, man. Yeah, that was funny. Um, we've
1: got somebody on the chat line. Scott, oh, cool. what's going on?
0: We do. Nate wants to know, uh, do you get a chance to interact with a celebrity guest after the show has been shot? You know, I got to tell you, and that is a very good question, because I used to be curious about that before I went on the show. We actually interact with Doring as it's going on. Um, Pretty much when it's a wrap, it's a wrap. I mean, these are very busy people that, you know, pretty much have a lot of stuff they have to go do. I mean, you know, these are stars of the Food Network. and they're all over the place, you know? So they gotta do their thing and then they gotta move on to their next. That's one. kind of a bummer for me because I was hoping now
1: that you knew Paula Dean, you know, my last, last time my parents went through Savannah, I tried to call some of my, fr- my chef friends and see if they could get my parents in there because she doesn't take reservations apparently. No. People just line up to go to a restaurant. So I was calling around to my chef buddies and nobody could really help my parents out. So I thought maybe, you know, now that you were tight with Paula, Next I, time they're I next time they're in Savannah. I,
0: I felt good. I blushed. Paula, you know, they didn't show it on camera because there's so much to edit. But Paula told me I was cute, and that was like, <laughs> I, 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 I was starstruck. That was really the first time I got starstruck on the show because she's like everybody's mom. Yeah, you know, and she's a phenomenal individual. But yeah, you know, there are times that we did get to see you know the stars a little bit afterwards, but. We're doing 20-hour days, and when it's a wrap, it's a wrap. That's it. Everybody's tired from cooking their buns off. Right. Now, I wanted to ask you a couple of quick
1: questions. First of all, you got vegetarian that you had to make with um, Jill.
0: Yes, Mr. Hardclogger himself got vegetarian. Yeah.
1: Yes, um, yes you, the man who has
0: clogged my arteries more than
1: any other chef I know. <laughs> um, you got vegetarian, and it, it looked really good. And obviously, you got a lot of compliments for it. But here's what I thought was a little odd. You, you and Jill were making vegetarian food and almost no protein whatsoever in it. That's my general complaint about people that cook vegetarian and don't put protein. Did you, since I didn't see the last half hour, did anybody mention that
0: fact? Um, actually, no. You know, they, they let me be on this one, I think, because maybe they were happy that I was plating food this time around. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's always a good thing with you, if I, you can actually get food. Bobby Flay gave me the best advice. He's like, when you're making something, go back to the roots. Take what you normally would do and kind of fit it into you know, how it's needed. So I took a traditional dish, changed a few ingredients, and uh, you know Courtney Cox loved it. Yeah, you know. So
1: I thought you might get in a little trouble seriously because that is my complaint when I eat vegetarian. When people and there was a little bit of hummus in Jill's dish, and I mean you used some nuts, so yeah, I guess you had a little protein. I, I, there, there was but, a lot of
0: pistachio in but, there. Yeah, you
1: know. so um, get a little something. But generally a complaint of mine. So okay, nobody else. I would have given you crap for that if I was on the show, man. So I bet you would. That's have. why they don't let me judge those things. Yeah, you never know, man. I've got another question, um, and I'm sure a lot of people out there have it. When you have to go to these places to shop, first of all, it doesn't seem like quite as much a product placement for the store. I don't know if it is or if they're endorsing you, how much you can tell me. But it seemed like they just didn't have a lot
0: of what people needed in that store. That's part of the challenge. They they did that because they want to put you in an environment and they want to see how far out of the box you'll go. Like the worst thing they could do is have everything there that we need. You know what I mean? They want to see, like Jeff, like look what Jeff did. He took tofu Mm -hmm. and made it one of the greatest dishes of the night. Yeah, you know, but still, it
1: seemed really odd. He could find no ground meat whatsoever in a supermarket a giant supermarket. I mean, first of all, if I were him, he did a great job and ended up making. And I'm, I love it when people are able to make tofu oh, good yeah. and not try to hide it and pretend it's something else. But couldn't he have just bought like chicken and ground it up
0: in the kitchen if he had wanted to? You know, in the matter of time, with the amount of people we had to cook for, and like the amount of time we had to shop and cook, it's almost like you wanna. You normally wouldn't do it the way you would normally do it. You know. You, Normally you have time to plan it out and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, but it's more like a grab-and-go. The clock is ticking, and I've already set the example that you do not want to not-plate food. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think I might have helped everyone out by experiencing that for them. You're the cautionary tale on That's that That's right, man.
1: Also wanted to ask you a bit about Bobby Flay, what it's like working with Bobby. I've met Bobby quite a, f- not a few times, and he's always been extraordinarily gracious with me. Um, really, really nice guy. I've heard from people that he can be a little moody, but hes I've never experienced that. How was he doing with you guys?
0: Um, you know, I think when they say he's moody, they might be mistaken that for being a perfectionist, because he's done so much in his career that, like, if it's not done right, he don't like it. And, I mean, he's become the man he is today, for going through this to almost become perfect because he really is, man. He's one of the kings of the food world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. I love Bobby. When the I last time too. I was in New York, I dined at Mesa, which is around the corner from my old apartment when I lived in Manhattan. So, But I'd never dined there before and um, actually got the chance to go in there and didn't know when I made the reservation, but Bobby was in the house, and he was kind enough to come out to the table and say hi and send us out some
0: dishes. Yeah, and that's how he is, man. Great, man. You know, once he once he f- has that little twinkle in his eye for you, he really respects you, and he really shows it. it. Definitely learned a lot from him.
1: Well, Bobby, I think, has to like me because in my book, which I've been plugging, Eating Las Vegas, the 50 Essential Restaurants, nice. and I got a copy for you. Oh, yeah. You just got to promise to tweet all your followers and tell I them how promise. great it is if yes. you like it. Deal. Um, but in this book, I actually nominate Mesa Grill of Las Vegas for inclusion, and my co-author John Curtis who hates Bobby and <laughs> doesn't get along very well. He um, he vetoed it in the veto section which is one of the more fun parts of this book. So Bobby kind of because he and John don't get along so well, Bobby I guess likes me more by default. So um, he's always been really gracious. I don't know
0: you're a pretty likable guy. I mean I, even though you're mean to me I, sometimes, I hey, still love you. I'm
1: not as mean to you as some of those judges I have know, been. Man. I've South never corn. been that mean to you. Well, look, I'm hoping you can come back. I am gonna come back as many weeks as possible. Yes. What is up? We got two pieces of advice for you. Well, we got a teaser, but one piece of advice: if you're if you're TV-ing it or dvring it next week, okay, just dvr whatever comes on after it too. So just in case they screw it up again.
0: My my highest recommendation on because you never know technical difficulties. It always happens. Um, just. Recorded for two, three hours. You got more yeah. Food Network on there. Worst case scenario, right? And it's at night, and they show some really awesome shows at night. And I think it was diners, d- drive-ins, and dives that came on after it. I'm not sure that's what one of my. Triple D, man. Told me. So Great yeah, show. So,
1: so you make sure at least you get to see the whole thing. Also, w- with your DVR, make sure you now know it is called Food Network Star. It's not called Next Food Network Star. Right. They sort of changed the title. I don't know why. Maybe we'll get into that in a future week.
0: Yeah, I'll explain that one to you. They kind of wanted to put a little bit of an edge on it. And I think they're standing up to their word because this is different than any other season i've ever seen
1: yeah absolutely well cool we're going to be right back with oysters in just a minute vic has got the book and um vic is probably going to stick around because we may do some drinking after the show as usual all right
0: yeah i got laj with me chef laj he's got my back and uh we're definitely going to hang out with you guys for a little bit so uh i'll be here i'm going to be reading the book and seeing what's good to eat all right and then you can trash me afterwards man sure Excellent. why not here we go love we you got out. a message we'll be right back me know when I'm live. Hi everybody, this is Bridget Magnus of Getting Real Estate in Vegas and you are watching the Vegas Video Network.
1: <laughs> and we are back here at the Vegas Video Network with Top of the Food Chain. I am your host Al Mancini and joining me for this segment we've got Chef Jose Navarro, any relation to Dave Navarro?
2: No, no. Uh, I use it whenever I make reservations at restaurants. <laughs> you, t- you say that. <laughs> no. So, so um, yeah, Chef,
1: Chef Navarro from Divino in the Monte Carlo, and we are here to talk oysters today. And you know, I've chatted about oysters in some other articles and other videos I've done. But what I really want to do today, that's a little different, is talk about oysters for the home cook and um, enjoying them at home. Because you know anybody can go into a restaurant and order great oysters. And if it's a good restaurant like Divino, um, of course, they're going to have a good time. But these, these things can be a lot of fun to cook at home. And that's what we're going to concentrate on specifically today. The first thing I want to address is the big old wives' tale, myth, rule of thumb, whatever you want to call it. It says you only eat oysters in a month with the letter R in it, which means you don't eat oysters in the summer. Pretty much, if you go through your little calendar with the R's, it'll turn out it's May, June, July, and August are when you that don't, you're not supposed mm-hmm. to. Um, I heard a lot of rumors about this over the years. One used to be that the water's too warm, it's bacterial. That, as I understand, is completely false. Right. Another one is it's their mating season, or spawning season, or right. however it is oysters reproduce. I've never seen oyster porn, so I have yeah, no, no <laughs> idea how that happens. You're, you're not alone. I haven't either. <laughs> OK. If anybody out there has a, any of my porn star friends have any oyster porn out there, <laughs> I'd,
2: I'd be curious. Yeah, I'd I like to see it as well. Uh, well, you know, that, that's actually not true. Uh, just like everything else, like food, you know, there, there's, there's always different items in season, but oysters are in season year-round. It's just, you have to look at different oysters from either coast, but they, they, they're, always, they're in season year-round. Um, actually, one of the ones that we have right here, uh, Malpec, just came back into season after, not, after being out for, for uh, I believe it was about three weeks.
1: Okay, so do not worry what time of year, as long as you're going to a good supplier, as long as you're going to a good restaurant, you're going to be getting good oysters. And right. take that, John Curtis, my co-author, who says he doesn't like them because they're spawning, and he says, like the rest of us during mating season, they get fat and flabby. So, <laughs> um, but no, you can really get some good stuff all year round. For so, sure. Cool. Um, what else did we want to chat about? What? People. The first rule of thumb you need to know about oysters is there are really only four or five genetic species of oysters. Correct. But there are about a billion types of oysters that you're going to find out there, and that they're named after the water that they come from because they basically just filter water all day, and water gives them most of their taste. Correct. Correct.
2: correct. Yeah. Um uh, well, like, like I said, you know, this one's right here, we have our Malpec, these are from the, from the East Coast, and then we have Hamahamas from the West Coast, so I wanted to bring a, a little bit of uh, both to, to show. And uh, sure, these are from the Malpec Island. And,
1: uh, so we're going to hold one of these up, Scott, can we get the Malpecs here? A little smaller here, pretty little oyster, yep. nice mother of pearl, little green lip around there. And then we've got the Hamahamas. Correct,
2: right here, those this little guys right here. Like a little bigger guy. Yeah,
1: bigger. bigger, Got a nice little kind of like shell thing on there. I don't know Mm -hmm. how much people can see that, but it's just like a layer. It goes down almost like a a flight of stairs, it looks like sort of. for sure. So really, again, very pretty oyster. Um, Okay. rule number one when you're dining oysters at home, right? Correct. Got to know how to open these babies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They'll do it for you in the Whole Foods, but the longer an oyster sits there, it gets watery. It get, yeah, it
2: gets watery, and uh, you also you also lose lose a lot of the liquor from 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 the oyster, so you lose a lot of the flavor, a lot of the a lot of the yumminess from it. So yeah, the the best way to do it is actually to to do it yourself.
1: Shuck them at home. Correct. Okay? Shuck it, people. Shuck it. Trying to do that without cutting your finger off can be difficult. So I'm going to have you give us a little demonstration. For
2: sure. Um, I left my hammer and my screwdriver at home, so we, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you've got one of these nice oyster shucking devices there, right? For sure, yeah. So, um, which is the easiest one to start with?
2: Honestly, once you've been doing it for a while, one is just as easy as the other. Uh, some of the smaller ones, like the kumumotos, kumais, kushis, all those, those tend to be a little bit trickier, not so much because they're harder, but because the, the shell tends to be a little bit brittle. So they'll break down a lot more once you get into them. If you're not good, because you have to be gentle with them. But um, for the most part, I mean, one is just as good as the other. I mean, we can start with the Malpex and then uh, move over to the Kumamoto. Okay, so, well,
1: you start with the harder one, and then I'm going to try the easier one. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So here we go. Got the Kumamoto. Uh,
2: For me, one of the... I like to kind of make a little pillow for them.
1: Do you need me to move that, Scott? Yeah. Does that make life easier?
2: So we'll move this one as
1: well. So. Okay, so you tuck them away in their little pillow. Yeah,
2: I figure if you're going to put them out of this mystery, they might as well be comfortable, right? And then we're going to get in the in the back end of them. There's kind of, it's almost like the instructions are there for you. So you kind of get it in there and wiggle it around a little bit. So, so you're, it, you're poking in the back where the joint is? Correct. And okay. what you want to do is you want to kind of break it. And then once you got that, the trick is to kind of, Put your pull your knife up to the roof of the oyster, mm-hmm. so that you can, and you'll feel it when you get the 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 membrane on the top, and you loosen it up from the from the from the shell up top. Okay. And It'll come out clean.
1: Now you again have to separate the, the for sure meat the, from the, the,
2: the 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 meat from the, the bottom. So what you do is you kind of just and. Good to go.
1: And there you go, and then you suck that bad boy down. Correct. Oh, may I, for please? It is messy for me to eat these babies with a beard like this. I'll tell you. I go <laughs> home. I will go home reeking of the ocean, but happily so. For sure. Okay, so it is a little counterintuitive. And that's something I wouldn't have guessed if I hadn't had Chef tell me. I would almost think, you because know, if this is the way the guy opens his little mouth, you know, this is where he opens. I would think, you know, you kinda of go in his mouth and pry your way down, but you're actually starting with the joint, with sure. the with the toughest part. So we're gonna see if I could do this. We're not gonna spend a lot of time on this because the last time I shucked an oyster it took me twenty minutes to get one oyster shucked. So hopefully hopefully with a little bit of your
2: help, got this baby down there. Mm-hmm. Okay, am I picking the right spot on him? Yep. Oh, you, oh, you have to. It's almost kind of easier if you if you set it down and put some weight on it. Okay. And then just to get in there and try to, you're gonna. Fi- it, it sounds weird to say, but you're gonna find the spot that you feel where the knife is going in, and then you'll go in from there. Ah. And I heard a little snap, so you might be getting there. Yeah, I feel like I'm just digging in there. Yeah.
1: How long did it take people normally to get the hang of this?
2: Uh, well, for me, it was one of those things that I kind of walked into, in, into a job where I had to uh, open them. And uh, I kind of, I'd say, easily it took me a good month, month and a half before I got, before I got really good at it. Okay.
1: And, so. Yes, I almost cut my hand off, and I took off a little bit of the oyster. People, seriously, it can be done, and I've done them at home, and the first one took me about 20 minutes, so I'm not going to waste everybody's time. I was really hoping to be able to impress people, because I've done it before. (laughs) But um, another good piece of advice, because I really do like them when you shuck them fresh, is if you're going to go, say, to Whole Foods, you're going to order a dozen oysters, have them shuck the first eight of them for you, <laughs> and take four of them home and try that because it's going to take you a little while. But seriously, when you're able to taste the difference between the ones that you cracked open yourself, and um, it takes a little bit of practice, but you'll definitely get definitely get the hang of it. So, okay, I wasn't able to prove how great I am at oyster shucking, but shuck it. <laughs> um, let's move on, let's talk about how people serve oysters and the best things that you're going to want to, um, best types of sauces and things like that for oysters. A lot of basics, I mean, some things I like to do is if you can get some fresh caviar, it's a nice way to adorn right. them, but that's a little pricey. So let's talk about simple, not quite as expensive things.
2: Well, um, one of the best, in my opinion, one of the, one of the best ways to eat them, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's in their natural state, you know, just kind of like you ate them, you know, you, get, you, get, you really get to taste every single one of them differently. But uh, something really simple to do, it's to add a little bit of lemon juice. You know, I've seen people do that. And, uh, and while, that's, uh, while that's good, it, it still kind of differs a little bit from the flavor of it. Um, another way to do it, it's uh, with either mignonette or a little bit of horseradish. They, they tend to bring out different flavors within the within the oyster as well.
1: And we were going to have you uh, mix up a mignonette. Correct. We needed, we'd have to get a mixing bowl, though, for yep. that, don't we? Yep. Can somebody run over there and grab a mixing bowl? In the meantime, something that I'll tell you guys is that um, oysters, if you're into environmentalism and you're worried about sustainable seafood, things of that nature, oysters are probably one of the most environmentally friendly foods that you can eat, especially of seafoods. They basically act like filters for the ocean. And um, places where there are oyster beds tend to have the healthiest waters, um, very, you know, very healthy place for the other fish. So by growing oysters and farming oysters, not only are people t- supplying us with great food, but it's also very, very good for the Correct. environment. for sure, definitely. OK, so Mignonette. All right, this so sounds fancy. It sounds French. It's going to impress your friends. Is it French?
2: It is. It, it is. is. It's the traditional uh, sauce for for uh, for oysters, and it's very difficult to do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't try this at home uh, unless you have like uh, been doing this for a long time. So, but do take notes. It's uh, what we have here. It's the most traditional one. It's you uh, wouldn't try this at home. Oh, I would not. It's very very difficult. I don't think most people are <laughs> yeah. taking. <it. laughs> mm, yeah, and and you'll see what I mean. Sarcasm works well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what we have here is uh, we have a little bit of red wine vinegar. Red wine vinegar. We and red uh, red you know you can buy those in one of those. Uh, in any grocery store, actually.
1: You guys can get it in bottles. You don't have to have it in the nice no, Tupperware. The nice, no, nice
2: Tupperware, no. <laughs> nice, no, classy the, yeah, Tupperware. Yeah, this is this is for transportation purposes, correct? Right. And then uh,
1: shallots. Uh, and shallots, of course, we got right here. We can show people. If you're not familiar with shallots, this, this would be a shallot. And, um, it's kind of in the garlicky and oniony it's, it's, family. Yeah, it's, right? a, it's
2: a hybrid in between both of them—the the garlic and the shallot, and, I mean the garlic and the and the onion. And the the flavor is mild, a little bit sweet. Um, it goes very well with a lot of things, and then you know, mignonette being one of them. Right. So I'm gonna steal a spoon from you. I'm yeah, sorry.
1: absolutely. So you dice up those shallots in any food processor, or you could just you peel them and dice them up in a food processor. Well,
2: I, I would never do them with shallots in a food processor. Okay. They, 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 they tend to get a little bit bitter. So it's flavor that you okay. don't want. So you're better off doing it with a very, very sharp knife, as many as few runs as possible through the, through the blade. So you, tr- you try to get them right the first time around. It takes a little bit of time, but I, f- I, f- I find that it gives you a better tasting shallot. Okay.
1: So okay. We've, got our, we've got our red wine vinegar, you're going to put in a little bit of shallot. Is there yep. a
2: specific um, ratio that you have to worry about? It all depends on how much you like them. Uh, I usually go about... For one cup of, uh, of vinegar, I do about one tablespoon of shallots. Okay. That's my, that's my, uh, my they just,
1: uh, so aromatic, you open yes. that up. Man. Yes,
2: <laughs> and then uh, there's one more ingredient, and it's uh, pepper.
1: Very White difficult cup. ingredient to yeah, find. Yeah, very difficult, very difficult yeah.
2: ingredient to find, but uh, I brought a little peppermint. I like my pepper uh, cracked ground fresh, so that, that's, why, that's why we do it that way. And that again, it's, it's a matter of taste, but I usually go about four, four turns for one cup, okay. and then uh, we mix it all up real quick.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, if you pop open another one of
2: those oysters, You're gonna check are you out. one of
1: those guys that can do like a half dozen oysters in a minute? Like some yeah. of those people that
2: I see? Well, uh, this one's going to be a little bit difficult because we we'll already lost the. Because I broke it? Uh, well, I didn't want to put it that way. <laughs> 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 it was a defective one to begin with. Yeah, bad oyster. Yeah.
1: So, let's try to can- find for a while the man who um, tracked down the phrase, he was a brave man who first ate an oyster. It's been um, attributed to quite a few people over the years, including Mark Twain, but even further back than that. And you got to say, you look at these little rock things that have um, basically a piece of mucus inside of them when you break open the rock, and you definitely have to wonder who was the first guy that thought uh, about uh, eating these. Yeah, that's
2: one of those questions that, you know what, it's funny, but it's one of those things that I've always thought about. That one on Hollandaise. Hollandaise sauce has been another one that I've always kind of wondered. Who sat there and whipped the pigs?
1: Okay, so like we said, we whipped up this, um, this mignonette sauce, classic French sauce, in all of about a minute. Yep. And you could do that at home. Chopping the shallots is about going to be the only thing. Yep. Just spoon a little bit of that baby on there.
2: Mm. A little show. <laughs> Apologize. Excellent, though.
1: Gotta love, absolutely love mignonette. Other popular... Um, Excuse me, I'm not supposed to talk with my mouth full. Other popular um, ways to eat oyster, of course, is just with something very simple like Tabasco. You have the little hotel-sized versions, but you can get regular-sized versions yeah. in your grocery store. Um, and then we also, of course, people love to do it with cocktail sauce. Correct. You, can you show us real quick how to whip up? Oh, for sure. Cocktail the, that was at actually
2: home? Um, at home. The one of the easier way to to make cocktail sauce is just a l- little bit of ketchup, um, horseradish, and uh, Tabasco as well. Uh, I like to do mine a little bit different. A little bit of lemon juice as well. Um steal the other spoon from you. I do about two to one on the on the ketchup. Okay. So we do two ketchups. One chili sauce, and this these are all items that like like you said you can find at the.
1: Just so some chili sauce, yeah. then a little horseradish. And Hey Al, if you're a first time oyster eater, what would you recommend as the
0: accompanied I, goo there?
1: Um, the accompanying goo, I, I recommend you don't call it goo, Scott, <laughs> but um, actually I really think the best way to really get to enjoy an oyster at first is just to take a lemon, cut a lemon, squeeze a little lemon into it. But you know, when you're trying to impress your friends at a little cocktail party, Especially if you can't shuck them all that well the first time, it's nice to whip up a few of these sauces. So here's a basic cocktail sauce. Very and basic, very straightforward. And that's pretty much straightforward. You have a few other sauces you were going to just talk about and run them down for, for me. Sure. And I know you brought them out here and, and real, very quickly. Well,
2: uh, one, of the, one of the things that I like to do, I, I like freshness with, with oysters, with seafood, with anything. So I make what I call a, a Bloody Mary Mignonette. I mean, uh, it's definitely not a mignonette, uh, but it's, it has the, a lot of the ingredients. It has a little bit of horseradish. Uh, fine-diced tomatoes, a little bit of shallots as well, some cilantro, and then I uh, hit it with a little bit of vodka, mix it all up, let it marinate, let it marry, and then you put it on top of the oysters. Very tasty.
1: And that's why we've got the vodka here. Correct. Um, Quickly, I just want to run through a couple of ways to easily make oysters if you're going to cook them as well. Correct. Some people are still a little freaked out by eating raw oysters. For sure. I understand. Um, So, cooking them up. Classic preparations. Oysters Rockefeller.
2: Oysters Rockefeller. Uh, What Oysters Rockefeller is very easy uh, to do, actually. The way I I, I like to do them, I like to poach them in butter. The the oyster, shuck them all up, open them up, poach them in butter. And then um, you make um, traditionally water crust. A lot of people are using spinach, a little bit of uh, pernode. So you saute a little bit of onions, a little bit of um, shallots, and the spinach, hit it with some pernode, salt, pepper, a little bit of cream, let that reduce, add some breadcrumbs to that, top the oyster with it, and then just brown them real quick. Watch it. In the kitchen you do it in the salamander and and, and your oven at home, you okay. would have to do it in your broiler.
1: Other things you can fry up, of course, fry up oysters, you shuck them, you take this stuff out, what make, do you and just then, coat it up with? The well, um,
2: whatever your whatever your, your, your particular uh, drenching flour is, uh, at Divino what we use is we use a seasoned flour that we do with a little bit of curry and uh, orange juice, I mean, uh, um, orange zest, lemon zest, so forth and so on, salt, pepper.
1: Okay. Um, Places to get oysters here in Las Vegas, great place, of course, Divino, obviously. For sure. Also love Morel's, so they always have a great variety. They do. They do. Um, Rick Moonen's RM Seafood, great he place does. for oysters. If you want cooked oysters, um, one of my favorite places also to get them is over at Lola's, downtown. I don't know if you've been there in the Wholesome Bread Factory. I have not. But and I- she does Cajun cooking or Creole cooking, I should say, actually, probably cross between the two, but closer to Creole. But she does um, oysters on her grill, she just brushes them with a little garlic butter and you know they're absolutely amazing, got a train, so yes indeed, Scott are we how are we running on time right I now? I think we're about ready to take any questions that you might have. you have any anybody have any questions? No, okay, um yeah, actually, uh, just a couple more things basically um are there uh, is there an oyster that you recommend for a beginner who's not used to eating raw oysters uh is is there you know is do you think people are going to have an easier time with the tiny little kumamotos or with a really large east coast oyster? I
2: think I think for most people the the entry should be the smaller ones just because they're easier to to to, uh, to digest. I mean if, to put in your mouth and, and swallow them, and also their flavor tends to be a little bit milder, a little bit buttery. Uh, if you're if you're if you want to make the transition into something a little bit more briny, then I think mollusks are are, are are great. Uh, again, they're 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 not as Strong as, as some other oysters, something. Right.
1: But what you should be looking for in oysters, and correct me if I'm wrong, is really the taste of the sea. I for mean, sure, it should definitely. taste like the oh, ocean. Yeah, definitely. Because it is primarily what you're really eating is the water. I mean, these things just take water in and they squirt water out yep. all day long, and that that's what you should always be looking for in an oyster is the taste of the sea. Um,
2: and it should be very clean.
1: Yeah, very clean. People worry about the health risks, and you can't. I can't go into your restaurant, I'm sure, and see raw oysters on the menu without the little asterisk that says it could cause a yeah, potential, c- potential danger. Uh, how seriously should people be worried about that?
2: Well, uh, I think if you, if you guys are purchasing your oysters, if you're getting your oysters from a from a trusted purveyor, you, you really shouldn't. I mean, uh, because it's one of those things where, like, I know, uh, all the restaurants I've ever worked in, uh, this is one of those items. Since it's served raw, and, and like you said, you know, you're looking for a cre- clean, fresh flavor. Uh, it's an item that we rotate very, very often. It's not an item that uh, item that we mess around with. It's not an item that we take any risks with. Um, and I know that's a general consensus. You know, right. if 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 it's if it's an item that is not consumed uh, within a short, a lot of period of time, then we get rid of it. We get new ones in. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you know the supermarkets that are selling them are taking the same. Approach to this product, so I mean, I, I really don't think it's it's a, it's a big concern, any more so than right. consuming mayonnaise. And
1: also, if people are um, shopping out at a supermarket, uh, I would highly recommend looking for um, a little tag that says "Safe Harbor." A lot of people in town now have been using Safe Harbor, which does mm-hmm. seafood testing mm-hmm. and tests for a lot of contaminants. And sure. you know. And as long as you're seeing their seal of approval, you're pretty pretty much safe, I'd say, definitely. And as long as you've got a great chef who knows where they're getting them and is checking the tags and where they com- what sure. waters they're coming out of.
2: And a lot of the oysters nowadays are also coming, you know, with the tag that says not a Gulf oyster because of all the problems that we had in the Gulf and all that right. stuff. So,
1: Scott, we have a question there. Yeah, Nate wants to know: Do you have, do you pre- uh, prefer a particular oyster from a particular location? I mean, since I guess the water affects their taste, is there one er- type of oyster that you like more than another?
2: Uh, it depends on, on what the preparation is for them. Uh, if we're going to fry them, I like plumpier oysters. So I would go with the hamahamas. But just to enjoy them by themselves, I always like you know the the, the smaller ones, the, the kumumotos, the kushis, the, the kumais. You know, oysters that, that, that have a, a, a clean flavor to them. Um, my personal favorite by far has to be the malpic
1: And Kumamoto's, actually, I've spoken to people about this before. Kumamoto's have been around for a while. Very, very tiny Asian oysters. Um, You get them out of Asia. Great. But you just mentioned kushi. Kushi oysters seem to me that over the past two years, I'm seeing them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Genetically, they look almost identical to yes. Kumamoto's, yes. but they're, just, they're farmed in Canada, I believe, right. right? And yeah, seriously, for the hipster factor, everybody's very into kushis these days. Yeah. Um, you could probably get kumamoto's maybe for less because they're not as hip right now. Yeah. Pretty much the same oyster, but different waters, and they're yep. going to taste a little yep.
2: differently. The, 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 taste, the taste that I, I found in, in uh, kumamoto's, are a little bit more buttery, where kushis tend to be a little bit more, more briny of an oyster. But, I mean, like I said, they're both, they're both uh, good, good representation. They're both good oysters.
1: Okay. Vic, what do you make oysters? How do you like to make oysters over there? I,
0: I'm not raw a raw really oyster good. kind of guy. I'm more of the oyster Rockefeller kind of dude. I like them cooked. Really? Or fried, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. That's the way I do it. Oh, well. Yeah, fried. Gee, Vic Vegas making something
1: fried. Hard to believe. <laughs> Hard to believe, right? Health
0: food nut that he is. <laughs>
1: fried food from Vic. Um, <laughs> Of course, of course. Well, look, I want to thank you so much for coming down and chatting with us about oysters today. Uh, I want to thank Vic for coming down again. Vic, did I ask you what are we expecting? What are we looking forward to on the next episode of the show?
0: Oh, I got to tell you, we're going to have a nice 4th of July bash. Um, It's going to be quite interesting. Uh, Guy Fieri in the house. This is one that a lot of people have been waiting for, and it's going to be a very interesting twist of this episode by far. Okay, great.
1: Well, I want to thank both of my guests for coming down here. I want to remind you, check out my website. It's almancini.net. Dining Invasion is the name of my new, um, my new video series that you can check out there. Like I said, we got rock stars, we got porn stars, we got punk rockers, we got tattoo artists, we got all kinds of stuff going on there. Again, Divino, great place to go when you want oysters. Um, my book, once again, got to pitch the book, Eating Las Vegas, The 50 Essential Restaurants. Scott's going crazy over there. I've got no idea what he's doing. <laughs> okay. On that note, we've got some. Vi- oh, you know, we spoke about alcohol. And I guess we might have a little bit with it. What do you recommend to drink with oysters? Well, uh,
2: the general consensus is always to go with uh, with a, s- a bubbly, champagne, or in this case, we brought a prosecco. Th- those go great. But I mean, oyster opening oysters is a it's a it's a it's a task for me. It's opening champagne, you know, without breaking something in the house because the, the cork mm-hmm. went flying out. So. Um, Another thing that that, that I always uh, the the stouts stouts are, are good beers to go with with oysters. But again, you know, going in the, in the whole convenience package kind of deal. Uh, you know, Newcastle Newcastle. So it's a, it's a, in my opinion one of those beers that it's kind of in between. I yeah. mean, it's not it's definitely not a stout, but the flavors kind of go there. So you know that that's why I brought that. You know, so. so Basically, you eat what you like with them, but beer social is also a good thing to go to go with oysters. Yeah, beer and oysters, people. Things do not get really better than that, yep. especially
1: if you're if it's in the summertime. Nothing like hanging out and just frying them up it. and drink them with a with a lager. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. My thank my everybody pleasure. for watching. We will be back next week. I'm not sure if Vic will be here. He's got a busy schedule, but we're going to try to get him back next week. Uh, he's still busy reading. He looks yeah. he looks like a little librarian over there, man. It's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> a very scary librarian. But anyway, that has been Top of the Food Chain. I am Al Mancini and I will see you next week.